Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Party Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Tom Locke. Tom Locke is the founder of the British Snack Company. In this podcast, we talk about how Tom turned a hobby on the side of making pork scratchings into a full-time business where he now sells popcorn, crisps, pork scratchings to many pubs and supermarkets around the country and the world. Now sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Hi Tom, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you, Adam. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, great, thank you. Um, just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. It really means a lot. That's a pleasure. But um, but yeah, so you um, you're the founder of um, Chris Chris Company, British Snacks. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I have uh, I have a company called uh, the British Snack Company. Um, which, as the name suggests, uh, is yeah. a snack company, and uh, we've got we've got three brands. Um, we've got uh, Awfully Posh, which is a brand of uh, meat snacks, predominantly pork crackling and pork scratchings. Um, then we've got the British Chris Company, um, which, as the name suggests, is Chris, and the British Popcorn Company as well. So um, each each of the brands, you know, operates in a slightly different way, um, but you know, collectively, they all work together at the same time. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's awesome. And I think, like, I saw on your profile that you kind of started by selling pork scratchings out the back of your car. That's right, yeah. I started back in 2013. Um, and uh, I sort of spotted a gap in the market, really, for a, for a premium pork scratching. Um, so I started making them in my mum's kitchen and selling them wow. from the boot of my car to local pubs in, in Tunbridge and Tunbridge Wells, which is where I lived at the time. It's where I still live, in fact. Um, so I was working full time and uh, when, when, the, uh, when the dinner bell uh, went, I, 
uh, go home, pack up the car and start going around door knocking local pubs and trying to sell them for scratchings, basically. Wow. That's awesome. So, like, how old was you when you, when you was doing this? Well, I'm 30 now. Um, so, I was in my early 20s. Damn. So, like, have you always kind of had that kind of entrepreneurial kind of side? Was you doing anything else before that, like selling things or anything like that? Or you just kind of went straight into that? Yeah, well, the plan really. I mean, I um, I was supposed to become a lawyer. I started doing a law degree uh, at the London School of Economics, and I only I only managed about a term before dropping out, and and I just decided that I wanted to start a business, and I wanted to start start a business in the food world, um, and. I, I got a job while I was thinking about uh, taking that leap and um, I was just looking for ideas really. And uh, the idea came to me, you know, like all good ideas do in the pub while I was, you know, drinking a pint of beer and eating a bag of poor scratchings. And I thought, well, no one at the time, I mean, there's loads of them now, but at the time, no one, there weren't any premium pork scratchings. No one had done to the pork scratching what kettle chips or, or Tyrrells did to the crisp you know, premiumized it basically. Yeah. I want to done that. So I thought, you know, why not, why not do it myself? And so, you know, I took over my mum's kitchen, started, started frying up pork scratchings in there. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was just putting them in little bags with stickers on and, you know, tying up the tops and, and, and sending, sending them out to local pubs really. Um, and that, that's where it started. And it, initially it grew very, very organically from there. Uh, just, supplying you know i just had a little route that i would go on and every every day or every evening i'd try and add another couple of pubs on and it got to the point where eventually i had too many pubs to manage so um wow you know that's when that's when i you know decided to start taking it seriously and i quit my job and and uh, did it full time that's amazing so like just through like kind of word of mouth in your local area and just going out and branching out going to pubs and saying you know try, try this not yeah, I mean you know maybe word of mouth played a little bit, but it was door knocking basically. You know I, I you know I, it was quite, uh, you know I just I just walk into pubs and I, because I was doing it in the evening, it was the worst possible time. You know because pubs are busy in the evening, it's the worst yeah. possible time to be bothering bothering a landlord about you know some nutter trying to sell him poor scratching. So <laughs> um, the the way that I I did it initially was I gave the, I gave them to the pubs for free like on a sale or turn basis. So I said look his it's 50 bags. I'll come back next week. And if you've sold them, you can pay them, you can pay me for them. Uh, but if you haven't sold them, then, you know, don't worry about it. I'll take them away and, you know, I'll never darken your door again. So, um, you know, that seemed to work. Uh, we don't do it anymore, obviously, but you know, initially that seemed to work. Yeah, no, exactly. I think like with that, you know, you kind of have to be consistent, don't you? And you kind of like have to, you know, if you deal with, you know, loss and rejection, you just have to kind of keep on going because it's something that, you know, you, you believe in it. You have that passion for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of rejection. You know, a lot of people are just plain rude, uh, you know, um, but, you know, they're busy people, so you sort of understand, but a lot of people, you know, just, just tell you to get out. <laughs> so yeah. you have to be thick skinned. Yeah. Would you, would you say like this kind of like COVID situation, like you, you kind of um, had to adapt in any way, like because of like pubs being closed and things like that? Yeah, well, I mean, our business has diversified um, since then. Uh, we now supply uh, national supermarkets like Waitrose and Ocado, uh, Tesco, 
um, and we, we export all over the world as well. But, you know, still, you know, a big core of our business is, is what we call out of home, um, mm. which is, you know, pubs, not just pubs, but coffee shops, restaurants, you know, things like that out of home, you know, where you're eating outside your home. Um, and so, we, you know, COVID was very tough for us. Um, but, you know, we, we didn't lose 100% of our business because we, you know, we still supplied supermarkets. But in terms of how we pivoted or reacted to COVID, we actually decided to launch our own shop so that we could supply direct to consumer, which is working mm. well. And uh, we, um, we, we, you know, Amazon is a, is a good tool as well for getting direct to consumer. So, um, mm. you know, direct to consumer grow, you know, during lockdown grew from, you know, probably less than 1% of our business to, you know, 30%. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, it's a big increase, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, pubs are starting to open up again now, coffee shops, you know, hospitality is starting to open up. But, um, you know, we hope that we can keep that, that direct consumer channel open because, you know, it's, it's a nice channel to have. You're dealing direct with a customer. You haven't got to go through a middleman. Um, and, um, you know, so if we, if, we can keep, if we can keep that direct consumer side of our business going and still get back all of the, all of the hospitality trade that we lost, then we'll be in a, we'll be in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, thought, I, thought, I think it's good that you kind of like adapted and kind of improvised, you know, in, in the situation. Because I think, you know, it's, it's been tough times, especially in the hospitality. Um, you know, where Very I'm based in, in, in Cornwall, most of the businesses down here are hospitality. Whereas, yeah, of course. You know, now is the time, kind, of, kind of time to make money. So they're trying to like, you know, make up for that lost uh, income. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, been a, it's been a really rough ride for hospitality and you know, even though things things are starting to open up, certainly, you know, our experience is that, you know, it's, it's not back to normal yet. And we're probably, you know, a while away from it being back to normal. You know, our, our trade through pubs is, is recovering, but, you know, slowly. Mm. Um, yeah. So we're taking things day by day and, you know, you know, we, you know, you've got to, you've got to be careful about, about how you go about things because we never know what's around the corner. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really feel, you know, we, you know, there are certainly businesses out there that have been hit a lot harder than us, you know, businesses like pubs, you know, mm. who have had to shut completely. You know, fortunately, we still had channels for us that were, that were open and trading during lockdown. Um, so I really feel for businesses that have been, you know, had to completely, had to completely lock down and, you know, have seen sales gone from 100% to zero almost overnight. Mm. You know, that must be, that must be an almost impossible challenge to try and deal with. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think like, you know, if you can, you know, manage throughout this time and uh, push through it, it just kind of probably builds that resilience in some way because you think to yourself, well, you know, if we can get through this. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's, um, I think, you know, lessons will definitely be learned from, from businesses that survive lockdown. And, you know, for us, it's, 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 you know, it's really underlined the importance of, of having a diversified customer base, you know, and not, not being overly reliant on not just one or two customers, but, you know, not, not just being over reliant on one channel, you know, had, 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 had lockdown happened five years ago when, you know, before we'd started to supply retail uh, retailers, you know, we would have, you know, it would have been unlikely that we would have survived because, you know, back then almost a hundred percent of our business was pubs and, you know, overnight, mm. overnight, um, overnight, you just lose all that business. And it's not just the loss of trade, you know, it's, it's the, it's the other problems that, that that presents, for example, for us, you know, you know, if we're, if we're keeping, if we've got stock, you know, the snack, you know, snacks don't have, you know, there are products with shorter shelf lives, but they don't have, you know, 
they do have a limited yeah. shelf life. So, you know, you, you know, we, we were in a position where, you know, we were potentially overstocked and we had to, you know, have had things not recovered or had we not reacted in the way that we did, we would have been left with not only the loss of sales, but also having to throw away product that we would have otherwise sold, which would have been a double hit, you know, and obviously, you know, other, other hospitality businesses had that problem, you know, I know, I know people who run pubs and they were throwing beer down the drain, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think like there's, there's many, I think there's many, many lessons to be learned from it, isn't there? And, um, you know, ways of kind of, you know, preparing for something and, you know, if it was to happen in the future, probably having that backup plan. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, what, you know, we, we've got investors and, you know, one of the things they always ask and, you know, they always try and drill into me is, you know, are you planning for the worst case scenario? You know, what if this happens? What if this happens? You know, what's, what's your action plan? What's your crisis plan? And, you know, that, you know, the funny thing is, you know, even the most pessimistic person couldn't, you know, wouldn't really have seen something as bad as, as this pandemic coming. Um, yeah. So even even though you, you you know you have plans in place for you know for scenario A and scenario B and scenario C and what if this happens what if this happens you know it's it's you know how can you prepare for a pandemic really? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, it's definitely um, it's definitely an eye opener, and it's something that's definitely uh, set in stone in history. You know, it's like people will look back on it, you know, in years to come and be like, oh yeah, that that thing happened. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll be talking about this in, in decades. Yeah. But like, you know, like with your, with your, um, your uh, pork scratchings, like, did you experiment with ingredients? Like, how did you kind of find and pinpoint, like, taste? And did you do any research on it to get like that kind of, when it kind of clicked into place? Yeah, we did research. Obviously, there's a lot of trial and error as well. Um, you know, what works, what doesn't. But what, one of the key things for us is not about what we can add. It's about what we can take away. So with our with our pork with our pork snacks, we just use pork and sea salt, nothing else. Um, so you know, and and, and it's the same for uh, for our crisps and our popcorn, which are completely allergen and vegan, uh, allergen free and vegan. So you know, one of the things that we're you know when we do MP uh, MPD that we're constantly striving for is, is not not what can we add to make this taste better, is what can we take away and still make it taste great, because you know, mm. uh, you know, veganism is on the rise. You know, allergens are a big big issue and. You know, when it comes to our pork snacks, you know, why, why do you need anything other than pork and salt? So, you know, yes, there was a lot of experimentation, but it was also trying to make, trying to make the product as pure and natural as possible. And that's, that, that's what shapes our, our MPTP process. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, like, the customer is important, isn't it? Like, you know, like in business, I think a lot of people get it wrong in business because they're so focused on making the profit and benefiting in that way. You, you know, you have to have that good relationship with the customer and probably do a lot of feedback probably as well, like market research and things like that, especially with, you know, food, see what people think about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, everyone, everyone has different tastes and likes and dislikes, but, um, you know, some things work, some things don't, you know, we, we've introduced products that we, you know, that we thought would work. Um, and we thought were great, but then, you know, you release them and, and the customer, you know, some people will agree and some people don't. And, you know, some, some, uh, you know, there are, there are hundreds of really great products that have launched and, and not worked, you know, um, mm. and uh, you can do all the market research in the world, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the, look at these big companies like, you know, the big, the big multinational food and drink companies, you know, they, they spend, they spend millions of dollars on, or pounds on, on, on R and D and, you know, sometimes their products still fail. So, um, you know, yeah, you, you can do, 
you know, doing doing research and, and you know, customer paneling and getting customer feedback important. But you never really know whether a product's going to work until you until you launch it, until it gets out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good point. And I think, like, you just kind of have to go through the motions, don't you, I suppose? You just have to just do it. And I think, like, that's... Do you, do you, is there any, like, fears that you had when you was doing it? Like, is there any, like, things that kind of held you back? Things that you had to kind of, like, push through? Um... I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot and uh, a lot of things. Uh, and, you know, we still go through them. They're, you know, they're constant, constantly new challenges, even even as a business grows and gets bigger. You know, that you know you, there aren't fewer challenges. There are just different challenges. Um, you know, as you, you know, you know and, and one of the things that a lot of food and drink businesses struggle with is, is growing pains. You know, the bigger you get, you know, you know, you need more staff, you need to order more stock, you know, you, you know your costs go up and you know that presents cash cash flow challenges so you know it's you know on the face of it starting a food and drink business seems seems like a really easy thing because everyone loves food and drink right so um mm -hmm. you know it, it seems like you know the most natural thing in the world you know if i if i if i start a company and it has great great tasting products then how's it not going to work because everyone loves great tasting products but you know it's it's, it's a real it's a tough it's a really tough industry um mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a lot of hard work and, you know, even now, you know, we're experiencing challenges, different challenges to, to the ones we experienced seven years ago, for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it doesn't get any easier. No, but like, I find like, you know, that's what I talk about a lot is like, you know, people finding their passion and doing something that they love and just trying. And I, don't know, I mean, a lot of people say to me, oh, I'm not good at this. And I'm like, but how many times have you tried it? And yeah, like, like, yeah you know, like with what you do, you're, you know, you're passionate about what you do. And I think that's so important. Like, you know, what would, what would you say to people if, you know, they want to start a business, but they're afraid or they, you know, they don't know where to start or they might not believe in themselves. Um, well, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I guess I'd say what, you know, the question I'd ask them is, you know, will you regret not doing this five years down, you know, five years time, you know, would you look back and think, Oh, what, what, what if I'd done it? Um, and, um, you know, you can always, you, you know, it's, it's very tempting to sort of, you know, chuck in the day job and, and start doing something, but you know, that's not the way that I did it. I sort of dipped my toe in the water first, you know, I was still working and I was, I was doing this in my evenings. Um, and you know, you know, not ev not everyone's going to be able to do that, you know, in, in different categories or industries or even with different products. But, you know, I, I made sure that the product worked and the product was right before, before I decided to ditch the day job. Mm. Yeah, no, I see it. Like you can like work, work alongside what you're doing and then do that, do that thing you're working on on the side and just build it. And then when it's yeah, a good point. Yeah, I mean, do... you know, it's, it's all about de-risking, right? And, you know, trying to, you know, as, as much, you know, you get, everyone's everyone you know everyone, you know it's good to be passionate about what you do but you know you shouldn't let that passion for for a product or, or for an idea cloud 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 adjustment mm. you know i just mm. i just advise them to you know to try and de-risk as much as possible because yeah you know, it's, it's, it's a tough market out there yeah do you, do you have any um like role models at all any who your role models for like you know looking up to whether that's professionally um, or personally yeah i'm just trying to think of an answer that isn't a cliche here um, <laughs> sort of. uh, I mean, certainly when I started, um, or a couple of years before I started, you know, in innocent smoothies were everyone was talking about innocent smoothies and what a brilliant mm. job they did. Um, I certainly looked, looked, looked to them and 
um, you know, I, I think I remember, you know, one of our early investor pitches trying to trying to market us as the innocent smoothies of the pork snack world. So, um, you know, I guess we sort of, you know, tried to try to um, try to follow in their footsteps somewhat, even though the products are very different. But um, you know, there, there are lo- there are loads of great products out there that um, that I admire. Um, you know, you know, in, in our industry, for example, that. Uh, you know, Tills Chris did a did a did a great job. You know, um, and and one more recently that that I really admire is, is Piper's Chris. Um, Piper's, you know, yeah, yeah, they're one of our they're one of our direct competitors, obviously. But I think I think they they did a great job building building a business um, building a business that that focused on one channel, the out of home channel. So they they didn't supply supermarkets. I mean, they they mm. do supply supermarkets now, which um, which is a, a shame in many ways. But um, you know, there are, yeah, there are, I mean, there are lots of lots of uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, in my mind, I have less, uh, when it comes to role models, I, I look less to individuals and more to more to the brands and companies. Yeah. Sorry, there's a wasp. It's gone now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, um, yeah, two was a good example. And um, I, I'm based in Cornwall. There's some nice, uh, you know, Cornish crisps. I think, is it Tills or Devon? Is it Devon, Tills, I think? Um, the Hermitage. Herefordshire, okay, that's a bit of a far away. But there's some, <laughs> there's some down here which are like caught. Like, you know, but 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 Burt's, yeah, Burt's, Burt's, that's yeah. that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, Burst. They're they're nice. They're um, good mm, Like, do you do you kind of have to keep on? It's like word almost like reinventing yourself, trying to find new flavors. Like, how how do you go about that? Well, um, we're about to launch a new flavor, actually. Um, but um, the thing with flavors, Chris, I find, um, is that, you know, we've, we've tried lots of flavors over the years, but it's, it's salt and vinegar, cheese and onion and sea salt are always the ones that sell best because, you know, Chris is so ingrained in, in, in uh, the nation's snacking habits that I think it's going to be hard to break those, those three, um, the core three. Um, so, you know, new, new, you know and, the, and the risk with new flavors, right? when you're developing new flavors is it's got to be incremental. It's got, it's got to provide incremental growth because you know, th- there's a danger that if you launch a new flavor, you know, which is all very well, you know, that it just cannibalizes sales of the existing, the existing flavors, you know, is launching a new flavor going to make people buy more crisps or is it just going to make people, you know, buy a different flavor of crisps. So, um, you know, there are, there are companies out there, you know, Tills is an example that have, you know, have, you know, probably triple, three three or four times as many flavors as we have um which you know clearly works for them in some ways but um you know we, we like to we like to you know run a lean a lean business and, and for us that means keeping our flavor range quite quite mm. narrow um, yeah yeah no, i think that's a good point because i feel like you say salt and vinegar cheese and onion and like very salted like those kind of like flagship flavors and if i'm in a supermarket and i don't really like the other ones i'll always go for them um yeah yeah, I think it's going to be hard to touch those those top three. I mean, my, my personal favourite is actually prawn cocktail. Um, so, um, and we we did have a prawn <laughs> cocktail. We did have a prawn cocktail flavour, but we uh, we actually discontinued it last year. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, I remember like Walkers did like a marmite flavour once, and I like marmite. Remember, it's very controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean Walkers. Walkers, um, obviously, they're constantly reduce, uh, introducing like limited edition flavors, um, and um, you know, I think I think the reason they're limited edition is because you know people will try try any flavors, you know, at least once. But 
you know, I think most people always go back to their old favourites. Yeah, no, I see that. Do you have any um, favourite books at all um, that you read, that you recommend? Favourite? Sorry, favourite what? Books. Um, There is, you know what, I've only ever, I try and read as much as possible. I tend not to read books anymore. I read, you know, articles, but there is, there is one, uh, there is one book um, that I have read that, is really illuminating especially for anyone who's trying to start a food and drink brand but i actually can't remember the name of it off the top of my head uh it's that good um but i will <laughs> I, I will let you know after the call if that's okay yeah 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 yeah. i've, I've yeah. got it at home yeah, yeah of course i'll put it in the description but um right. but no it's um I know, I know we said like half an hour um and you're okay for time and stuff yeah sure yeah you've got some more questions yeah um but like, where where do you um do do you see yourself branching out into like you know other areas, not just kind of crisps, or is that, is that kind of? Well, so far we've got we've got we've got pork pork snacks, uh, we've got we've got crisps and popcorn. Um, we we've looked at we've looked at other stuff, and we're constantly looking at MDD. We have got something new coming out actually um, soon, which is like a it's like an air dried ham, an air dried Spanish ham. That's basically been mm. turned into a crisp, um, so that's quite exciting. You know, we've also looked at nuts and things, but you know, there there is a danger of um, spreading yourselves too thin, and we have we've certainly been guilty of that in the past, trying to trying to do too much, and then you know you lose focus on the things, uh, mm. the things, um, the things that you you know you do well. You know, um, yeah. so I, I like to try and view MPD as sort of a conveyor belt, and you know you know, what you've got has got to be far enough down a conveyor belt before you can start putting new stuff on. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's definitely something that we've been, we've spent the past 12 months on is, is trying to focus on, on what we're doing um, and making sure that, you know, the stuff we've got is working really well and that any MPD is, is well targeted and not just because we see someone else doing something thinking, oh, well, well we should do that too. You know, we've got to make mm. sure that the, the MPD we develop is, is, is right for us. Um, and I think this new piece, this, this air dried ham is, is is uh, i mean i think it, it will fit well within our existing ranges you know it's under the awfully posh brand which is a you know a, a pork snack brand so you know it's, it's still pork um but it's it's like mm. different it's new, it's new and unique so we're looking forward to that i'll send you some samples when they're ready yeah 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 no of course i look forward to it no i'll be good i think like that'll definitely take off because i love serrano ham you know that's serrano and spanish ham and yeah, it's, 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 it's similar to that. It's, it's actually called, um, it's called Lomo, which is, uh, it's not actually a ham. Um, it's, it's like pork loin. Um, but, but, you know, interesting, I, I only discovered this while we were doing development, but to call something ham, it has to come from the leg of, leg of, leg of pork. This is actually from the loin. So, um, mm. um, but it's, it's similar. It's similar to Serrano ham. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I used to work with Spanish people in the hotel and they used to, they used to, get it imported from like Spain like this big chunks of ham and they were like going, going crazy over it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah just just to like like round up like um just one last question like what what does um like success like look like for you like if you'd like some more or what's what is success to you like I'll tell you when I'm successful <laughs> yeah um <laughs> or happiness or happiness what's 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 happiness what's happiness to you um, I, th- I think happiness is 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 uh, is is having having a good work life balance. I think you know um, 
you know, especially, you know, when you're, when you run a business, it's very easy for your work life to just completely take over. And that can obviously affect, you know, that, that feeds into your personal life. But, but, um, you know, I, I was being flippant about my comment about success, but, you know, in terms of, in terms of, you know, what success would look like to me, I think it would, it would, you know, I think, I think I'm, I'm probably, you know, a good 10, 10 years away from, from feeling like I'm a success because, you know, we've come a long way and I was reflecting on how far we'd come the other day, but, you know, I think we've still got a, a long way to go. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's been a long journey, but, you know, you know, I'm not, not, not even, you know, still, still in the early days of it, you know, I'm, I'm still relatively young and, you know, hopefully going to stay in this injury industry, you know, for a long time. So, you know, I think, I think there's a, there's a lot more to come and, um, but I think, I think what's important and, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't universally been the case, but it's certainly been the case uh, over the past few years is that I really do enjoy what, what I'm, what I'm doing, you know, because in, in the early days, you know, they were fun, but, you know, I look back now and think, you know, was it, was it, was it truly enjoyable or, or, or did I enjoy it? And, you know, there were some really, really, really tough periods. And, you know, we're starting to get to a phase now where, you know, we're, we're getting enough traction that, you know, every day I really do look forward to, to getting out of bed and, 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 and doing, doing my job. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. I think I really like what you said about that. And I think like, you know, getting out of bed and, and enjoying what you're, going to you know to work you know and yeah. what you're going to do because i mean yeah we spend a lot we spend, we spend most of our lives working so i mean if you can enjoy yeah. something in the process i mean that's you know only a benefit you know to your life to yeah. your life and your health and everything else yeah i mean because running running a business is is tough it's you know super tough and uh you know if you don't enjoy it you know i'd argue you know what's the point you might as well just get a job where where you know you can sort of leave you know because running a business you can't you can't really leave your work at uh leave your leave your work at mm. the door you know you're, you're constantly working um yeah. and uh you know I, I try and i try and strike a balance but you know if, if i didn't enjoy what what i did i you know i think well what's the point i might as well just get a job where i can leave work at the door yeah, yeah. no I, I agree i agree with you but um but no like time i i respect your time and I know you. I know it's a pleasure. Half now. You're you're busy, and it's uh it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you, and um, I really really appreciate you coming on. And I, you know, no, I, I, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, I I do like doing things like this. It's uh, you know, I get a lot out of it as well because it, it sort of helps me to reflect and um mm. and uh, you know and assess. So um, yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me on. No, no, you're very, very welcome. And I think, you know, it's great work what you're doing. And, um, you know, I look forward to, you know, the new things to come. And I look forward to, you know, trying your, your brand and your crisps. And I, I wish you all the best in your, in your company. And I'll, I'll put it out there as well on my, on my side of things and uh, promote it that bit for you. Great. Cheers, Adam. No, you're welcome, Tom. Thanks. No, all the best. Have a great day. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Take care. We'll be